time you enjoy wasting is not time wasted. Marth Trolley Curtain. Bending Not Breaking. Season 7, Episode 1. After All These Years. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And I'm Ben. And we are talking season four. Book four? Season four of The Legend Book of Korra. The four. final season. Balance. The final one. The final one. It's 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 unbelievable to me that we've talked about all of these these moments of Korra. And you know what's what's really interesting to me is I'm really glad after kind of binging this season and coming back to this episode that we have our history of doing in this you know with six other seasons because this season has so much depth to it that i'm not sure if we tackled this first we would do it justice oh oh for sure you know Uh, what i mean yes because i was not skilled i still don't know everything uh very much so uh very very much don't know after all the learning that has taken place over yeah. the last after all these years, four or five years of us doing the show. Uh, I am still so scared to tackle some of these subjects and make sure that we're doing them with uh, respect and honor and in the in the really the due diligence they deserve. And so because of that, we will be bringing back several of the experts that we've had over the course of uh, the, the last seven seasons or six seasons, and some fan favorites uh, and maybe some new ones. And so we're really jazzed about doing that. Uh, and and having those people back for us. But to start the season, we're taking it back to the very beginning. It's just me and you. It's me and you, buddy. Right. Uh, we're, we're talking this, and uh, we are talking after all these years through the lens of time. Yeah. Through the lens of time. Um, and so what is time, Ben? Or would you like me to pull that answer together? I think you prepared an answer for that. <laughs> I've got I've got things. Um, time, uh, the, the, uh, the several definitions and I like in my head, the one that comes to, you know, the, the normal one is the, the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarding as a whole, right? Time, space yeah. and time. Of course, there are w- way more definitions. It's just in my head when watching the show, that was kind of where I was at. However, uh, a point of time is also time, right? Like a point mm-hmm. of time that is measured. Uh, in hours and minutes, right? It's nine fifteen. That that's a time, um, and then also to like plan or schedule or arrange something uh, that you sh- that should happen or be done, right? Timing. We were we're timing this out. This show. This is going to happen at nine. This is going to happen at nine thirty. So on and so forth. Um, and then the measure, the time taken, uh, or the measure, uh, measure the time taken by a process or activity. So like I'm timing you. Right, you're gonna do this test. I'm timing. I'm timing yeah. you to how long it takes. Um, and so there's a lot of different variations of what time kind of looks like and how to interpret time and what that really means. And so we get to talk about those things because we get, as most of the time it happens, we get uh, kind of the 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 gambit of definitions inside of this episode when it comes to this lens. 
Yeah, there's a lot of philosophical conversation around time, too, and thinking about whether time is just a figment, uh, like a construct that we have created that isn't actually real. Um, A lot of theorists, and I say say a lot, but I don't actually know how many, um, but there are theorists that would say that there is no future, there is no past, there is only the present, and what we perceive to be present or what we perceive to be future and past is really just inside our head right and that actual past doesn't exist right and the actual future doesn't exist but what our brain tells us is that they do and so we have this idea of future uh storytelling that we we tell ourselves a story about what's going to happen what might happen in the future and we remember sometimes falsely what happened in the past and both of those things drastically influence our present um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot of questions around the validity of time and like what it really means but we don't have time to go into all of that no because you just opened up a whole can of worms because like people can experience the present differently in the same moment the same moment in time can be experienced differently by the people who are in that exact same space yeah uh, and so how we remember what that looks like, what time looks like, it's, I, I don't know. I'm not a quantum physicist. Who knows about time? It does not mean, but we're going to try to talk a little bit about it in terms of Avatar, uh, The Legend of Korra, season four, episode one, after all these years. And so for that to happen, Ben, I'm going to give you we measure some time i'm gonna give you 30 seconds on the clock um and so it's time for you to recap this episode are you ready i guess all right on your mark get set go all right, so three years have passed since Zaheer and the Red Lotus went AWOL and did, did things. And the Republic City is like, ooh, let's have like spirit tours. And so they're like, cool, spirits. And then Future Industries is like super cool and doing well. And Prince Wu is a thing. And he's like taking over the throne. And he's kind of like, Ugh. 15 seconds. And then Kuvira. Kuvira is like stopping the bandits. And then there are bandits. And she's like, you be loyal to me or else you're going to die. And then the governor's like, I can't submit to you because if I do, then I'm going to lose everything. And you're just evil. And then where's Korra? Three, and Opal, two, and, and Kai are super one, cool. zero. <laughs> Opal and Kai are super cool. <laughs> I did my best. There's a this is a it's a good episode. It's a good episode to jump into this the season with uh with so little Cora. Uh, and I think that that's that's you're not expecting that, right? Where's the main character oh, yeah. throughout the entirety? But it's really nice to be able to catch up with each of these individual threads that we've really grown to love over the past seasons. And so and to see first... how they over time have like split up, right? The the no. the cohesion that we had for the first three seasons for a lot of these groups is not there and they ended up going their separate ways, which is really interesting to think about what happens over time without, you know, a a glue and with Cora being the glue in this case. Yeah. It's uh, the the first amount of time that we know about is that there has been a uh, three years, three years have passed since, since the events of the red Lotus, three years have passed since, um cora has been poisoned um since janora has gotten her 
master tattoos since all of this has happened three years have passed and there seems to be like a lot of happiness right the city yeah. seems to be doing well um republic city seems to be doing well they're making changes they're feeling good um and here we are realizing there's a whole bunch of tension because new things are happening new new issues are bubbling up um but the passage of time is always interesting, especially when it comes to relationships and how they meant seeing people that oh siblings together three years ago with mom. There's been a betrayal. What is that betrayal? What does yeah. it look like? What does that mean? What is Kuvira been doing? We liked Kuvira in season three. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if we dislike her until maybe, maybe not even at the end of this episode, but certainly there are moments for me where I'm like, no, don't love that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I'm definitely like super, super uh, worried <laughs> just from this episode. Um, yeah, is it, like I think one of the things you mentioned was really interesting to me was that everything seems happy and like good, and everybody's like vibing a little bit. And yeah. what what I find really kind of worrisome about that is. I imagine that like the world at large is pre predominantly the earth kingdom since that's where we're focused is most of people are probably like, this feels fine, especially in Republic city. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything's like, everything's fine and dandy. I don't need anything else. Everything's working when really there's a, a lot of distress and disturbance in the various uh, states within the earth kingdom where, you know, bandits are being overrun due to the lack of leadership from losing the Earth Queen, uh, whether that was good or bad leadership, uh, but lack yeah. of leadership. And things are kind of being like tossed up in the air. And to to the outsider who's like just chilling and observing from like Kuvir is going around and like making things better and everything's like super fine and cool. But unless you're there and hearing it on the ground, you miss things. And I, I wonder um, how time can desensitize us perhaps to the goings on of things that aren't in our pur purview, right? That aren't in our, you know, observable jurisdiction. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the things that I list is time used as a weapon. That was one of the questions that I that I wrote down. And part, and part of that was the concept of can we hold out longer mm. than these others? Do, can we afford the resource of time more than these other people? Do we have enough privilege to be able to do that, right? And so the ability for Kuvira's army to say, we're going to go sit and wait for your answer. Yeah. And we really don't know if Kuvira is potentially sending these bandits or letting the bandits through completely untouched because she's like, you know, I don't yeah. I don't want to I'm not going to show you. Right. I'm going to. And, you know, there's nothing that says she doesn't send this person to steal those resources that the airbenders are picking up mm -hmm. as a way of saying, like, hey. We're going to. We're going to do this to take your resources so you don't have time, because if you don't have the things you need to survive, your time is limited. Yeah. And so using time as a weapon uh, in that sense. And I wonder if that same concept goes to that. I think you were talking more about it to maybe like becoming jaded or becoming, but, but in the same sense of 
I'm more likely to go along with this person that may cause harm or this thing that may cause harm because one, I've been dealing with this, what I view as more harmful for longer that I'm willing to take the, the halfway harm or what may feel like the halfway harm at the time. Yeah. Um, because I have been experiencing this for so much longer and, and become jaded to that process of like, all right, cool. It's well, it's that. And I, the, the, I think the piece that I'm kind of thinking about is like the war between Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, I am largely unaffected by that. And hundred percent. And it's been, it's going, been going on for over a year for over a year now. And I, if I am not constantly looking into this, researching it, learning more and trying to understand it, then I could go days, weeks, months without thinking about it. No, knowing that it's 100%. going on and thinking that like, Oh, it's not a problem. It's okay. It'll be fine. Right. Because I have not been paying attention and you know, it's, it is time mixed with, I don't want to call it apathy, but like, it's, it's not that I don't care. Right. It's that it's, I have things that I'm focused on and I'm, you know, stressed in, in school and, you know, I have the privilege of not having to worry about it. Right. And when I think that's one of the things that makes me nervous when it comes to like having and voting on things where do we offer aid to other countries? And this is just one example, but you know, when Ryko is put in a position of, you know, okay, do we start to intervene? He's like, mm -mm, I don't know about that. And that happened multiple times in previous seasons too, where like, nope, Republic City is going to stay out of this because we have the privilege to, you know, and because we have a privilege, there's a privilege to being able to afford time, right? To be able uh, to yeah. have time. Um, I think about that a lot when it comes to uh, the the privilege of time when it comes to taking care of your family, right? Like I, we know that uh, things like reading to your kids at night and spending yeah. time with them yeah. can affect their social emotional learning and their, your ability to help them navigate and spend time with them and to go do stuff with the ones you love. That's a privilege and a resource that, yeah. that, that some people don't have. And it's be, not because they don't want to do it. It's because I, to, to be able to, to provide one, source of security for you i've got to spend almost 100 percent of my time on that right yeah. and so that ends up becoming a privilege in itself as well it's a privilege to have time to do things yeah you're reminding me of something I've, I've talked about at some point before on this podcast but melinda gates wrote a book called the power of lift and in this book she talked about the importance of unpaid work specifically thinking about it in, in framework of time of how long it takes to do certain things. And, you know, talking about how in countries or areas where there is no water, clean water, uh, the, the time it takes to go get that water return is hours of your time. And I, we can even use a local ex example of Flint, Michigan, right? Had, really struggled with water. And there were examples of people who got in line to get bottles of water, cases of water, and they got it line at 530 in the morning. They didn't get out until afternoon. And so they spent hours in line just to have fresh water that they couldn't spend working 
that they couldn't spend doing other things. And so it's exponential when you layer it onto what it could have been, uh, especially in developing countries where that time could have been used in education to learn to read, right? And to that will then turn into later compounding benefits uh, in the workforce. And the power of taking away that time spent on unpaid work makes a massive difference. And I think that is speaking to privilege too, right? When you have the privilege of being able to afford water and when you have the privilege of being able to afford a Roomba to do your vacuuming instead of having to do it yourself, uh, there's so much time that you get back that compounds into something else that I think we miss when we compare without that framework. And we hear that uh, in the the governor at the end, right? Yes. When Kai says, "You, I think you made for the record. I think you made the right decision, or for what it's worth, I think you made the right decision." And he really turns back and said, "Did I even have a choice? Like, did was that even a thing that I had? The I didn't have time. I didn't have yeah. the ability to do that." And I think, and he's you know, you see it in every interaction he has with Kavira. It's not the right choice. This is. I'm being held hostage by this this time constraint, um, and it's I don't think it's good for my people. And though it might not be good in the long run or even immediately, it's still better than them dying of starvation. Is the thought process? You, you know, who someone in that village might say that's up for debate. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. Um. So, it's we do time as a resource time used as as bait for hostage situation uh, i don't love that right it's it's good to acknowledge that it is a resource but seeing it used by kuvira uh to really pull her way is not great and i think over the course of the season already in this episode we're seeing kuvira does not lead through community kuvira does not lead through even uniting folks like her version of uniting is not true uniting right it's not yeah. her bringing people together in community and conversation to figure out solutions to problems together it's i have the right solution i have the right decision yeah, i have the right choice and you're joining on with me and i think people that is the that is the big difference between um that's that's fascism right like that's yeah. what that is in, in, in a nutshell um and so her believing in herself that she's this uniter um whether she truly believes that or not. So let's give the benefit of the doubt and say Kuvira does believe that that's the case. Mm -hmm. She is actively not leading through community or leading based off of the needs of other people. Cause it's one thing to say, how hey, I'm going to bring food to you and I'm going to offer you protection. Yeah. And then you still get to dictate like how you use that food and what your environment looks like. Cause I'm not living here. You are. Yeah. Um, she's not doing that. It's it's, she's dropping flags and she's saying it's my way or the highway. Right. Um, same with what what is arguably the most awesome fight sequence this episode, but just a really cool one is her taking on all the band that says they're coming down the hill. I got I loved watching her bend in that scene. She is demonstrating a, a type and skill with bending that we have yet to be. This is this is new. It's nice because uh, earthbending has already been super kind of rigid and like, yeah. you know, chunky. Um and she like is speed boxing flinging it right yeah, yeah. It, she she is it is it's exactly that right it's a boxer with speed as opposed to like yeah 
a heavy hitter who's waiting back to throw that one heavy punch. She is just quick. Well, it's it's also I, I think finesse, right? There, she's metal bending these small pieces of metal where previously, like where I think of Boomy, who like lifts this giant boulder trying to take on Aang, and even Toph, it's like it's these always these big rocks. And what we're seeing here is this this finesse of fine tuned, really controlled bending of small things. And we know we the only other time I can really think of that is when is in the uh, Kiyoshi novels, right? Where it takes a lot of precision to bend small pebbles, and not every bender has the capacity to do that. Um, and so it's really interesting. The the control required um, is just fascinating. And putting watching it was just it, it's a masterclass on on really cool bending. <laughs> yeah, and so and so she's it's 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 a wonderfully animated and just like, like you're seeing things we've never seen before. It's so yeah. quick, so so agile, and we get this moment where you you. you they do a really good job of humanizing these bandits that are coming to attack this train. Um, it's families. It's not these rough and tough, like rugged, like, you know, criminals that you expect to see from a train robbery scene in a Western it's moms and dads. It's people out there just trying to survive. Um, and so there's a good chance that her policies that she's enacted over the last three years are causing the struggle forcing people into this and then she's using that as a way of like you're lost yeah your only options are to die here or join me and again what's the choice because it's the time that it takes for a train to get here and run you over or it's come with me and join my army well, and and then, so we're seeing that that time is is the constraint, right? How long can I wait out here without resources? How long can I wait out here without food? Yeah. Right, I'm going to join this this military industrial complex uh, because that's my only chance of survival. I don't have the time yeah. to not do it. And it makes me, you know, it makes me question and think about Bolin because Bolin has had the time. Right. And so what's the difference here to the time to and the resources after all the nut tuck stuff? Yeah. And so for, for me, it feels like Bolin, especially at the beginning of the season, really feels like he is doing the right thing. And I think that has to do with the story that Kuvira is letting him see versus the story that she is delivering and so what what we see at the end with the bandits is they are expressing gratitude thank you great uniter and so i imagine the things that bolin sees are the end result where it's like thank you great uniter because they know if they say anything else they're going to get thrown on the train tracks and it's the same deal with like with like with the with the governor and with these other areas like Co- like he sees that we're get we get to hand out food we get to give them look at what we're doing for them and he doesn't see the manipulative times which when she is saying it's me or you die right one of the things that i said when, when watching this episode was um the right place and time like the right time to do things um the example yeah. of kuvira 
knowing that it's the right time to be diplomatic and kind and oh you didn't know we were we were engaged and it's so good to see you opal and oh my favorite couple hey governor i need to talk to you privately and then knowing that that's a different time where she gets to engage differently she's got a real strong political awareness of when the right time is to interject what she wants to do and who she wants to be compare that to our new prince, Prince Wu, terrible <laughs> time to hit on Asami, bud. <laughs> like, no timing, no timing, no awareness, right? Like, yeah. absolutely does not know how to behave in those situations. Uh, and, and we see that that is the kind of the catalyst for this season of Kubira being like, Prince Wu is not ready. Yeah. He cannot. Uh, and she's not wrong. Prince yeah. Wu cannot lead and is not ready. Uh, Prince Wu is not good at these things. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I I mean, it's just there's so much going on that's hard to see unless you're there. And so it just begs the question how when when time is elapsing and you don't have all the facts about how what's going on, it's it seems like we need to do a better job of reserving judgment rather than making judgment based off what we know. Um and I, I I hesitate to say that because I don't want people to like stay in limbo or not make important decisions. But I also am like, you really need more information, right? Like, I don't know. There's just it's 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 awkward. Um, There's a whole lot there. <laughs> yeah. So can, there was a conversation that was between Opal and Kai that I thought was really fascinating. Ooh, let's uh, talk about it. Yeah, there. So on on you know Lefty the 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 Bison, um, the they are just like you know talking to each other about what's how they've been doing and what's new. And so it, I'm getting the vibes that they haven't been paired like this for a while. This seems like a new situation for them, where this is their new assignment, so to speak. And they're like, oh, well, tell me about you and Bolin and then Opal's like well here's the sitch and then you know like you and Janora and then Kai's like oh we're doing great and it's this interesting um the idea of what we are curious about in other people when time has passed is an interesting question for me um and so what we see is that who the people that are important to you i want to i want to learn about them right and how are you doing as a pair it it seems that uh i don't i don't know that i have an observation other than that just seems really interesting to me around what the focus was after a time had passed does that like how, how does that resonate for you Headline that one more time for me. Yeah. So over time, mm -hmm. uh, when we are not with people and then we mm -hmm. come back into a space where we get to hang out and see old friends or old acquaintances and what we ask about in this case were the, the connections that we had with others. So Kai asked about Opal and Bolin and then yeah. vice versa asked about Kai and Janora and asked about the relationship. And I'm, I'm curious about why that was the conversation and not something else. 
Uh, it's a, I think there's, there's multiple ways. I think sometimes we connect with people just by giving them the opportunity to share about their lives. Right. Like that's, that's something that, that certainly happens. Hey, how are things with you and you and your partner? Right. Like I'm wanting to know more about learn about you and your experiences over the last, and that's a way to connect. Right. It's a, I'm listening to you. I'm allowing you to talk. It's, it's a good chance to, to connect that way. So I think that's part of it. Um, finding those commonalities of like, oh, I went through something similar, right? Here's what I went through. And I think it opens up the door for connection when you do those things. So I, in, you're just wanting to hear about the people that you know, right? Like Kai uh, stole from Bolin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a history. <laughs> they have a history. Um, but, but one that ended in such beautiful terms, right? Or not even ended, but one that the last time we saw them together really is this, this relationship that's kind of blossoming and, there was a care there and Bolin with all of his flaws, one of them was never giving grace uh, or giving kind of having that hopeful nature with Kai. And so I think there's probably a little bit of like, oh, t- t- tell me about, tell me about Bolin. How's Bolin? Uh, yeah. And that's, and it's also because I, he's curious to learn these things as well. And so um, I, I think it's very common to what we do in those situations. I haven't seen you in 10 years. Tell me about how, what's going on and all the people in your life. Um, and it's a it's a way of connecting. Yeah, um, and I think that was what was interesting for me was it wasn't what's going on in your life. It was tell me not about you, but about the people you're in relationship with. And you know, I find that really interesting, right? Because you know, because well, I can feel it. Context, yeah. right? Context and, and intention is important. As much as we say it's like intent doesn't matter, and sometimes intention does. And if the person feels like your intent is. I'm asking about you and the people in your life. And I want to know more about you. That feels good. If it's, Hey, tell me about this other person. Let's talk about them the entire time. It's like, well, that doesn't feel as good. Um, and so that, that intent, I think that really does matter. And it matters how Opal perceive those conversations in the moment. So yeah. for us, I think that that's, there is, there is validity to asking about you to explain what's going on in your life and the relationships that you have, because Again, it opens up the door for for stronger similarities of connection. Um, yep. It also shows, you know, hey, I, I'm interested in you and caring about you. And part of you is your relationships and how you're feeling and what's going on. If I'm clearly just trying to gossip or talk about another person, well, that's never going to feel as, as genuine. I think what it tells me about their lives is that, you know, their lives are more communal in nature than one might like in especially in you know the very rugged individualist united states might say right and i think um you know to be uh isolated is one thing but i i one of the things i really find beautiful about that was i learned more about you by asking who you're connected to and how they are doing rather than by just asking about you as an individual. So learning about like when, when time has elapsed, the, the things that happen over that time is it's not me individually that is really doing the, the change. It's the connections and the pieces and the things that I am connected to change. Right. And that changes me. And so I I think that's where I was like drawn, why I was drawn to this was that 
time changes who and how we're connected to others. And I think that's what makes us who we are, right? And I think that's really fascinating and kind of just illustrated in in this conversation between Kai and Opal. I love that. Time can change how we are connected to others. And I think that's the reality for so many, not for good or for bad. Time changes the way that we are, our level of connection and changes how we're connected for good and for bad, right? Yeah. Uh, investing into that time is going to, is going to shift that. And so, but it, it is time is this, it's weird, man. Yep. <laughs> um, this, this, this space of, of distance that is not necessarily one of physical nature, but just in the amount of time that you spent with someone, um, proximity and there's a time time plays a role in that uh we've discussed click before this this book that is centered around what breeds connection yep Uh, and some of that is similarities right doesn't matter the level of similarity or the importance of the similarity but similarity is a part of that proximity is another part of that yeah yeah and proximity is just how close you are with someone but really in that book, they are talking time spent with that person, yep. not just physical space. Physical space is important. You think about you work with your office mates and they're physically next to you. Yeah. But when they are talking about proximity in that book, it is not just someone's you being next to someone on the subway is not. Yeah. It's not over enough. Time. It's proximity over time. Yeah. Um, and so that's really so you have to be not just close in space, but that that quality time has to be there as well. And that's, that's part of it. And so, which I never, I, in my head, of course that makes sense. But at the time I was just, yeah, I'm next to them every day, but it's, it's really the time that makes that, that change possible. Yeah. Speaking about time away, let's talk about Cora. That's where I wanted to go next. What a fun little segue for Cora. As we talk about this episode, Uh, not fun at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> she's not having fun. She's she's having it. zero fun. Yeah. Uh, Tonrock gets to Republic City. Cora left six months ago. She's been sending me letters saying she's here. Yeah. Which I think she is she somewhere in the Earth. We don't know where she's at currently. Yeah. She, I think it's we presume somewhere, somewhere in the Earth Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. But I, there's no, no. It could be she is actually in Republic City. She's just. Exactly. In the underground, right? So, um, and she's underground fighting uh, to survive. I view that as it's not good. Well, it's it's also just not living as the Avatar, right? Is undercover, so to speak. Um, You know, cut her hair, uh, changed outfits, so is wearing Earth King Wintire instead of Water Tribe uh, donned so it's just kind of keeping her identity a secret and living in this like state of being pummeled by rocks <laughs> uh, repeatedly. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and we don't get the sense that she is high, like she's being bad on purpose. We don't get that. I didn't get that. I don't get that sense. I don't view it as she just needs money and this is a good way for her to get money. And she's going to like, not fight as hard because she's the avatar so that people don't know who she is. I I'm getting the sense. She's just not, she is currently not that great at fighting. Something is distracting her. Um, is, is the vibe that I'm picking up. Um, it feels like she is running away from past. She's running away from the actions, the involvement, the, 
the things that happened to her three years ago, it feels as if she is trying to distance herself from that past event as much as possible. Yeah. Um, She's rumbling. She's just not rumbling with the right thing. Well, I think we're going to get a lot more insight into into Cora next episode. And I so I hesitate to really dive into it now because there's just so much that is going on next episode <laughs> that that helps us kind of understand her her mindset. But but yeah, like I, I think what we know is that Cora just recently experienced an, an incredibly uh physical trauma in addition to the mental trauma as a result of that. Um, and of course she is trying to process and she's trying to do it in her own way. And right now it seems like she's putting herself in troubling situations for some reason in order to cope with something that she's going through, um, which is, you know, what we do, that is what happens. (laughs) And, um, especially when, we isolate ourselves from the people who probably would be able to help us the most. Scary. Oof. Yeah. And it is scary. I mean, it is scary. We're going to see what her life looks like after this. There's been so much trauma from season one to season two to season three. Um, yep. And it's, we're going to see it all play out in season four. Yeah, we are. We're going to see it all. Well, great. Um, so what are some takeaways we, we've talked about so far? So one of my favorites uh, that we just touched on, um, time spent with others allows us to strengthen relationships. Simple takeaway. Yeah. One that we probably could all have pinpoint, of course, right? But when you really think about it, like it's not just being in the same space as someone. It's that it's that time, uh, intentional time spent with them. Yeah, it's what we, and I think it's, again, it's not just time either. It's not just time. It's not just proximity. It is proximity over time. Yeah. It's, it's what we do with that proximity over time. Right. Because that can just as easily weaken as much as it strengthens, depending on how we're spending that time. Absolutely. And then, um, time used as a weapon or as a hostage. Right. So, yeah. Have you ever seen that used in like a work form for you? Have you ever had that done to you or uh, have you ever unintentionally or intentionally kind of used time in that way? Um, uh, you know, I, I think th- this perhaps a more benign way to consider this is like when working with children, honestly, is saying, hey, uh, I need we need to do this. We need to do whatever we're moving. We need to move from A to B. And I can't do that until you all are quiet. So every minute that you sit out, every minute that it takes now is going to take away from the dodgeball game that we're going to play next. So I'm going to wait. Right. And I have the privilege of waiting because I don't need to play dodgeball, but you all like, and so I, I think sometimes we utilize that as a uh, tool with children as well um, and giving, you know, offering that some sort of framing it as almost like a choice theory situation. You can sit here uh, or you can come with me and I'm happy to do either, but the longer you wait, the longer, the less time you're going to have elsewhere. And the difference is I'm, 
what is the difference between offering that as a natural consequence versus a consequence that I am putting on you, right? Which is, I, I think Kuvira is doing it in such a way that is way more uh, problematic than that. Like, does that, like, I don't know the best way to parse that out. Kuvira is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think doing it with lives on the line is it's so more, different, right? It's very different than it is. Well, Cause there's it's, it's understanding and respecting. I think the resource that time is right. And so it's, are you using it specifically to, to like cause harm or are yeah. you doing it in a way? Because like as a collective, we've got to get this done, right? Like as yeah. a collective, as, as, a, as a, as a community, we've, this is the time frame that we have. And this is the realistic time frame that exists. Um, cause I think, you know, when I think about folks that I work with or friends, right. There's sometimes there's deadlines. There's sometimes yep. there are things that have to get done for us to do this thing. I, we're going to go on this beach trip. I need people to communicate with me their needs by X time for us to be able to support you in those needs. Right. Like fair at this, in the same breath, understanding that time is a resource. And just because I have some at the moment doesn't mean that other people do. Yes. And respecting that process as well, um, whether it's with friends or family or work. But that's why it's like I need to communicate in such a time frame that allows for realistic goals, things to be met with the teams that I serve and the people that I support. Um, and at the same time, recognizing like, oh, I've got free time. I'm going to do this task that also requires you to do X, Y, and Z. But just because I have free time and I have that available resource right now doesn't mean that you do. And yeah. the moment that I use that time as a resource or force a time frame on you that is unrealistic for my benefit, it becomes an issue. Yeah. So and I think the things that really come down to like what makes this so like insidious with, with Kuvira is not only does she have all the power in this situation, right? But yeah, there are literal like lives on the line here um and the safety of of people are on the line the like basic needs versus when you are using this as a uh a, a a tool to make help children make decisions that nothing harmful is on the line in that example of yeah. like hey, you're just going to miss out on some dodgeball right it's and it's i i I do not want people to walk away thinking that like, you know, this is a viable tool to use with things that help us be human um, and be alive. Versus again, right. I think of, again, you're, if you're providing, there, there's a time frame to things like that exists. Time exists in a time frame. Uh, you have to farm in a very specific way if you want to provide food to others. Yeah. And you can't, there's sometimes where it's like you can't pull it out too early and you can't pull it out too late, right? Like you've got it. There's a time frame to it. And so that exists. And I think it's not an issue to recognize that those time frames exist and to work together for the betterment of others in that time frame, whatever it might be. Yeah. So telling a kid, hey, you know, we've got to make this decision here and now. Would you like to do A, B, or C? But you got to make it in this time frame or else I'm going to have to choose for you because we got to get in the car and go, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but again, we see the difference. That's what it is. It's to me, it's Kuvira is 
putting the, it is, here's my imposed consequence or you die. <laughs> right. There is, there is There's no, no choice. other option that is a viable option that, you know, keeps everyone safe and alive. And so when you present it that way, it that's that's the difference is right. You're offering multiple options that are going to say, hey, we're going to this is just the natural consequences of how things are going to break down versus here's my imposed consequence. It's that way or you die. <laughs> that that really that helps me. Anything else you want to tackle on this episode in regards to time or something that we want to lift up? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we are able to kind of tap into what's coming because this episode really sets a beautiful foundation for, for what's coming. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very good. This is very good animation it's very good writing it's very good everything <laughs> it is absolutely a great setup episode for the rest of the season we're excited to be there all right well with that being said let's take a quick break and then we will come back and do our pushes our pulls our devotions and our gratitude hey we'll be right back from a little break we're going to talk about uh twee and law our pushes our pulls what pulls us in and what pushes us away and so um ben what pulls you into this episode yeah i mean we we talked about it but i was really drawn to kuvira's bending style and just watching her take down these bandits was just a really cool scene for me i you know i i have a lot of feelings about Kuvira, but like that was awesome. I really love that. Yeah, that is such a great scene. I, oh, and oh, it's one that I wrote down. I, she, the, the action in that sequence is, and we've said it for core in general, they just do a really good job of fight designing and choreographing these scenes. And so that, that was, that's fantastic. Um, for me, weirdly enough, it's the moment where Bolin is handing out stuff and feeling like he's doing mm. good. Yeah. And Opal looks at him. Uh, and you can see that there's a massive disconnect there. And yeah. the reason that scene pulls me in is one, it's so real, but two, it uh, forces me to kind of look at what does it mean when I think I'm doing good? Yes. And am I listening to others that say like, Hey, you might not be. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's an important thing for us to be willing to discuss and think about and reflect on. And, and that's a part of that. And so, yeah. um, 
I really do like that scene as heartbreaking as it is or poignant as it is. is and it's because it, it acts as a reminder for me to say, when I think I'm doing good, when I think I'm joking or being playful or bringing joy into a situation, am I listening to those who say like, hey, that hurt? Yeah. Or that doesn't feel good. And so um, that's an important thing for me to reflect on and think on. And so I really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, what I what pushes me away is Kuvira is the is the quick turn and, and quick for us three years for her. But the quick turn of my way or the highway and the things that she's willing to do to get that uh, yeah. is, is an issue. And so um, I don't that's, like her. Yeah, well, and I, I don't like her. <laughs> I mean, I have to agree that the moment she is on the tracks, has all of these bandits like kowtowing on the tracks, like in a sign of submission. And then she like they try to speak and she silences them. And like this, it is super degrading and then she threatens their lives and it's like this is not the work of someone who is a benevolent leader right this is not at all someone who is buying for control and i like like it's 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 like cool take down these bandits and then you're and then you're like oh oh she not good (laughs) this is not not okay um so even even if they're bandits right i just like it's it's yeah, I was definitely pushed away by by her. Like, okay, like she's the villain. She's not she's not who I <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, they I, I, they've set it up that she's she's the villain. And so yeah. that's where we're at. And I, I gotta to shout out like Zelda Williams nails this role. Like yeah, so good. So good. I agree. So good. Um let's jump into our devotion. Yeah. A little practice. We're talking about the element of air the element of air and you so last season with fire fire we did so we're on air in the cycle uh what what do you want to do what do you want to do this week what's your plan yeah you know i i was thinking about this and thinking about like over over the court period of time right the there is a I'm, i was thinking about a thermostat and air conditioning and uh when you set the temperature to whatever it may be what will happen is depending on if it's on heat or if it's on air conditioning it will heat up past or just to the the temperature you've set it to and then it will turn off automatically right and you know it's this idea of of rest right um where i'm going to turn on and once i hit where i need to be i'm going to turn off i'm going to turn on I'm going to turn off. I'm going to, I'm going to heat the air. I'm going to cool the air. And then I'm going to, to pause and let it be. And I have been wondering about my practices around, you know, pushing and pulling, so to speak, the balance of air conditioning, my own, life and it's it's not been good i have been out of practice with a lot of things that keep me in balance and it it's become harder and harder to tap into those things like exercise for instance and i like i just 
the more rest I have, the less I'm interested in turning on. <laughs> and so I have been really kind of grappling with that recently. And I, I would really like to exercise this week and really like make sure that I go out and do something at least once. And I think that will be a win for me. <laughs> That's a great goal. I let me know how I can support you in that. Thanks. Um, the thought process that came to me uh, goes back to understanding that time is a resource and that my timeline is not necessarily the timeline of others. Um, and so part of that, it made me think of when you're filling things up with air, air mattress, tire, hot air balloon, like that happens at a time. And then if you shut it off early, those things don't work as sure don't. you need them to. Um, and so there are certain things that even though I might want to get them done quickly, I might have the space and time to do it that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to get done in that time frame and if i try to rush that time frame or rush other people in those things um then it won't work as well the relationship won't work as well the tire won't work as well the air mattress will you know be what it looks like at 3 a.m in the morning after you filled it up right like and so i think my goal is to understand that that time frame looks different the time the resource that people have of time is different for everyone and so to really be cognizant of that as i am going through this upcoming week yeah absolutely so. wow may we all have yeah. some sort of way no to way. do those things yeah yeah and a part of that uh one of the things the things that we've felt helpful throughout this process is to show gratitude and so <laughs> Who are we grateful for this episode? It doesn't have to be through the lens of time, but what is just a character that we are grateful for this episode? Oh, man. I am grateful for a lot in this episode. There's just so many. We get to see so many people, and I think that's what's so neat. Um, but I, I think I'm going to be really grateful for Asami. Um, we all love Asami. And I am grateful for Asami because, you know, Asami is the only person that Cora feels comfortable writing that isn't, that is a part of her friend group. Um, and, you know, we get some more insight into that next episode, but Asami has been there for Cora behind the scenes and is still, you know, running an entire company uh, at her age and doing all the things. And, uh, she's also grappling with feelings about her dad. There's just so much that she's going through. And then she has to deal with Prince Wu. And I'm just sitting here going like, buddy, like, don't be that guy. And of course he is. But I am just, I'm grateful for, you know, the fact that she's awesome and she shouldn't have had to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. It turns out most people don't want to be hit on at a work event. Turns out. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe even in a social event, or like at all. <laughs> yeah. um, read the room. <laughs> read the room. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for Opal. Uh, the growth that we've seen from her over the last three years, really in tune with the community she's trying to support and be helpful with, and um, the way that she treats Kai and saves Kai and tries to be a voice of reason for Bolin, and uh, you just there's a whole lot of growth there and, and one that I just, it's good to see. And I'm excited to see that expand over the course of this season. So um, Opal's a fantastic character who we gave a lot of gratitude to last season 
uh, but we're going to continue to do that. She's great. And so excited to see more here, of, here. of her. Well, one episode in the books, 12 episodes to go this season. We're excited for everyone to be along for the ride. Uh, if you would so like, uh, we do live episodes uh, monthly uh, on our Patreon page. So jump over there. Uh, support us if you would like. Uh, every little bit helps yeah. as we support our producers and the people that help make this show happen. Um, jump over to, to BNB underscore pod on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. Uh, follow us along there. You can also check out the Arc of E Network, who is our host of this podcast. They've been supporters for us for a long time. Um, but they that also talk a lot of you. They are they do a lot of movie and, and music content and stuff like that. And I will also be doing some more movie content for them. Um, and so check out the arc of e.com as long as their social networks as well. Um, and then uh, anybody I'm missing, anything I'm checking, forgetting about Ben, any other tags you want to throw Thank in there? our listeners for being a part of this community and continuing to listen and uh, share with your friends and write really lovely reviews. And, you know, I I'm grateful that you're a part of this and shout out to our patrons for continuing to make this happen. Yeah, the wonderful support that they've shown us over the years has been amazing. Uh, and we still got some more episodes to go. So I'm Sunshine. I'm Ben. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening.